BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Thank my uh, guest for being here today. Uh, gaming journalist. Founder of uh, BIOS Games, BIOS Games and Game Studios, and resident Souls-like gaming expert uh, Ariel Dannon, uh, aka Ed Huggable Hipster. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. It's bright and early, and I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm never ready this early. This is uh, super early, but it's fun to uh, have a reason to get up early. I think. Uh, I love just, being up early. I'm I'm a morning person now. I used to be such a night owl, but now I just I like basically either up at five thirty or seven. Jeez, uh, yeah. I used to be a morning person too when I would uh, work at a grocery store. But we I would get up at like three thirty a.m. and go oh in there. Oh goodness gracious! Yeah, so that's almost essentially just overnight. You know, basically, uh, but you get so used to doing that for years that. Uh, I don't know. You're you're done with your day before you know it. Yeah, you by know. twelve o'clock you're already tired. Yeah, yeah. It's already nap time and you're like, Oh, well, no worries. It's you got you got done a lot today what anyone else put off, you know, like mm-hmm. right at noon people are barely getting up and you're already done with your day or halfway done at least. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm just ready to like start dinner and then people tell me, Ariel, it's like afternoon. I'm like, Oh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> No, it, and and I love breakfast too. Breakfast, I think, is like uh, breakfast is my favorite. Like especially oh, if you can make it like an oatmeal or hash browns or anything like that, You're gonna make me hungry. <laughs> oh yeah, no, and any time too. Like even if it's midnight, if it's the middle mm-hmm. of the day, breakfast is just king. I I, ju- I found that the best snack to have any time you could ever go wrong with it is tater tots. <laughs> <laughs> anytime anytime and you have that with like apple butter or something it just it it's so good really tater tots yeah. with apple butter i tried it just recently and i didn't think the combination would work but it's so good and i i can like picture it and it sounds good but it's i don't know it, it just i'd have to try it like it on paper it sounds <laughs> unique because i don't know if it's going into the dessert uh area or Mm-hmm. Just the savory and sweet, you know? I mean, I can have a dessert before 12 a.m. I'm not going to tell anybody. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. I mean, you think about our coffees nowadays. Like oh, the my one gosh, drinking, right? They're, they're essentially desserts, too. They're like liquid ice cream, you know, with a little bit of coffee, which I love. Yeah. No, I, I love. I, I could drink uh, the Frappuccinos, which aren't even really coffee anymore. They're just uh, milk yeah. and cream with a 
dab of coffee you know right if i want to have coffee i'll just like either have it with like a little bit of milk or the way i'm having it right now with like a little bit of caramel but that's it (laughs) no that sounds delicious though like to (laughs) i don't know how much it wakes us up anymore but it's it's just so good to start the day with that you know yes it is. It's just no. like that. I feel like some people will be like those people where you just don't talk to me until I have my coffee. It's like, don't talk to me until I have my sugar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, God. So good. I, I completely agree with you. I, I was going to ask. Uh, so I was seeing, you know, uh, how did you get your name? Huggable Hipster. That's I, I mean, I, I know I go by like on uh, what is it? the xbox uh funky eskimo and mm-hmm. everyone kind of asked me where i get that from and it's it's like a misheard lyric it, it was never to offend the eskimos it was more like oh you know like everyone's like eskimo is a bad word and i'm like no i, I get it now that it could be interpreted yeah. like that but years ago it was just like me hearing a song and mishearing a lyric i'll miss Okay, I understand that. That's that's what I'll do with like so many lyrics and I'll be like, why does it sound like this? Yeah. You look up the lyrics like later, later on, you know, because years ago you didn't have uh, all these lyric sites and stuff or mm-hmm. it at the palm of your hand. You you had to actually search for them or have the little books and the cassettes. If uh, we can remember MapQuest, then lyrics were not a thing online. <laughs> like no, and and I didn't. You're getting them online too, and you don't even know how accurate they are because it's just someone mm-hmm. putting them online essentially and putting their own uh, meaning, like lyricsmeaning.com or something. Where, oh, that's yeah. what that song means, and then it ends up not meaning <laughs> that, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was wondering how you, how you got your name, Huggable Hipster. Have you had that mm-hmm. name, you know, for long, like for your whole? you know did it just come to you or someone gave you that or so it's it's kind of weird where like throughout college i had the nickname hipster and i've had it for my entire content creation journey of like seven years and when i was in college i used to tutor biology and psychology during my senior year and during one of the tutoring sessions one of the uh, the people who I was tutoring, they were doing their own thing. And I was really starting my YouTube channel then. So I was like, what do I want to name the channel? Because I started the channel in October, but I never really solidified anything until April 5th of 2016. And I was like, what do I want to call this? What I, I need to call this something. So do, like, I, I was thinking like names that had the nickname hipster involved because so many of my friends would call me that because I would always have the coffee and the scarves and like listen to music that nobody really gives, you know, crap about. <laughs> so, you know, it was one of those things like I would listen to the white stripes and everyone was like, who? I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Oh, um, they're, they're pretty mainstream. Come on. Like, how does no one, yeah. no one not know the white stripes? It was so weird. Like all of my friend group did not know who the white stripes were. I was like, okay, I mean, this is kind of, hipster maybe and one of the fr- <laughs> my friends at the time came like bursting through the tutoring center and she had this really just energetic personality incredibly bubbly and she yelled across the way hey hugs and i'm like "Ooh, that could be something so i was trying the different combinations <laughs> of all the different like words of hugs huggy and then it finally landed on huggable and i was like okay huggable hipster is like 
you know, a contradistinction between the two because nobody really associated hipsters with being huggable. So <laughs> that's, yeah, that's well, basically how it came in a tutoring session when I was in college, basically. No, that's great. I, I love the, yeah. when it's so organic like that, it just like comes out of nowhere and <laughs> it, it's, it's not, yeah, it did sound like you had some like, oh, okay, let me uh, brainstorm this and uh, mm-hmm. you found what worked. No, that, uh, I know the feeling when, uh, the greatest ideas just come out of nowhere, you know? It, right. it's, yeah. It's, it's wonderful when, I don't know. It, it's like a chance sort of thing. Like you, you're just uh, like the best jokes just come out of like thin air or the best conversations, mm-hmm. you know? And I do have to the... say really quickly though. I completely <laughs> understand that this camera was actually gifted to me for uh content creation and everything. So like it has um like a little swivel point that it's connected to. So if mm-hmm. I want to do like an unboxing, I can just point it directly down to my desk and it comes in so handy. So <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, I've seen those uh lately. That's real cool. I've been thinking about those too, but I'm not really uh unboxer. Uh but yeah, I mean, everyone loves that. I've seen that. I've unboxed or done like trading cards. Oh, uh, nice. where you op- Where you open up like uh, Power Ranger trading cards and people uh, love that Ooh. stuff. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. It's, it's fun. <laughs> yeah, but then I catch myself watching uh, stuff like that too, even though I'm like, oh, why does anyone like that? Mm-hmm. But then I'll, I'll watch, I'll watch some uh, video of a guy unboxing like a special edition video game you know, that came out or a random old game or something. I'll catch myself watching that stuff too. It's just so relaxing, I think. Yeah. And it's cool to see it like, Oh, I remember that. Or, Oh, I had that, you know, it's, yeah. I don't know. It's especially it's, if it's like the GameCube or something. Cause that was the first console I ever started with. So I'm all about the unboxing for those, man, the GameCube was, and I don't get, I, I, I get the sudden, it's weird the sudden love for it like from everyone even people that like you grew up with it but people that didn't even know about the gamecube are like driving up the values of the games and it's it's yeah it really is i mean like i just turned 31 and when i tell you everyone is going crazy for the retro games now and these are games that i grew up with like zelda and the wind waker Resident Evil 1 remake like it's it's really cool to see them being revived again yeah no it's weird that they're just getting appreciated now when yeah back then I I remember well I grew up you know I'm 36 or 37 at this Mm -hmm. point it gets to a point where you it doesn't matter uh just lose track yeah it's like it's either 36 or 37 my back still hurts the same but uh I grew up more with the NES. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, and then, you know, everything after that. So I did grow up with that stuff. But I remember the GameCube specifically, uh, like you said, Resident Evil, uh, mm-hmm. Super Smash, Melee, oh, nice. Double Dash. I-, I wish they would bring back Double oh, Dash. They- and back back in the day, the good old days, when games were like 30 bucks. <laughs> it's like we took that for granted a little bit too much i think and then um that was back too when like games didn't have updates so you oh. wouldn't have to wait like yeah. and these games the games nowadays are huge too they're what modern Warf- 130 gigabytes each yeah modern warfare just and i get it it's a big like what is it the uh uh that battle royale type thing mm-hmm. the modern warfare 
but it's like almost what 250 300 i don't know it's a ridiculous amount just for a multiplayer game exactly and not only that like the base story you have to it doesn't even come pre-downloaded with the base story and i figured this out when i did my modern warfare 2 review i noticed that when i downloaded the disc it was over 130 gigabytes. And then you had to download the story content for the game. So it didn't already come preloaded with it. You had to download it separately. Oh. And I'm thinking to myself, back in the day, we just had two separate discs. That was it. <laughs> it was like five gigabytes. Nothing else. And then there there wasn't a day one patch either or anything like that. It it's no. so it's so silly that these things are like normal now that I don't know. It's it's a multi-billion dollar industry now, so there's so much more money that's pumped into it, which leads to so many either amazing things or so many mistakes that are happening. So, And I've noticed, too, the... Well, I mean, I, I'm not, like, uh, as much a... I don't know. I, know. I know you're, like, a journalist, so you probably have more... Uh, better words to describe it, let's say, right? Like, I, I, I love games. I play them. I wouldn't say I'm the best at critiquing them. Uh, but now, like, let's say the Mortal Kombat that just came out, MK1, like, yeah. the play, the playable graphics are, like, CG, like, movie grade, you know? Yeah. They're they're amazing and beautiful, and it's like, God, like, you look back at even the last generation of Mortal Kombat, and it was, it looks ugly now compared <laughs> to the, the game now, and I'm like, God, dude, how are they, like, this is like witchcraft the way i don't know how people play mortal Kombat. i tried it i tried it once and i could not like i'm i love gore and i love all of that stuff but for <laughs> some reason mortal Kombat just hits differently and i can't stand the gore level of like it's they, so bad no they have gone pretty outrageously gory not that it wasn't before but it, it was yeah. easier to handle because it was pixels or this and that you know you're literally breaking people's spine open with your hand and you go in (laughs) and you reach up into their like skull cavity and you're ripping everything out like i'm just like what in the hell is this (laughs) it's at a point where it's like they're not even feeling this anymore you already took out the brain like they're they're not feeling the pain this is just for you now you know it's just like are you okay like speak blink twice if you need help <laughs> Who's coming up with these? I hope it's not just one person. I hope it's a collective group that agrees that this is fine. Uh but yeah, I, I grew up playing like Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, uh Mortal Kombat trilogy. So like I really loved them. I was good at them. And then now you see the games and these games juggle like no one's business. These people are pros. Like it's insane. The the and then the whole idea of like a pro gaming as an industry too, where they have sponsors. They're like UFC fighters, you know, the gamers. Exactly. It, 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 yeah. It's got to a point of where it's just it's overtaken everything. It's bigger than movies and TV. That industry combined. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's become really incredibly massive. No, it trips me out. Like you said, back in the as a kid, you you play a game, you know, at home, and you're whooping all your buddies' uh, butts like down the street, you know, like Super Smash, let's say. And now uh, you literally have uh, countries fighting <laughs> for for uh, you know the dynasty, and they're doing ridiculous things where you're like, oh my god, like yeah, 
yeah it's it's insane the the and then the whole betting on esports it, it's just its own oh, yeah. thing yeah it's yeah. become you know not only a gambling thing it's become an issue of where it's like oh okay we're we're actually legitimately betting on these things now yeah yeah it, they're just like o- olympic events or sporting events they're yeah. they're held to that same uh you know caliber it's it it's something as a kid i i wouldn't have even think of thought of like oh yeah they're gonna have sponsors like monster energy or whatever i could no. see. <laughs> oh yeah that reminds me of death stranding where like sam would just chug the monster energy entirely that's actually the game that made me try monster energy for the first time no offense to monster energy but it was the worst decision of my life oh man monster tastes it tastes so weird and you know i've yeah. never been a fan of energy drinks like i i drink these celsius but mm. i don't know what i consider them they, they're they're all right you know it's like a hybrid between like you know water and energy i think yeah yeah and then it's got green tea i don't know whatever silly goofy gimmick it does <laughs> but i do uh, have to just in advance by the way my allergies are absolutely killing me so i know someone in the comments might be like why why is she like sniffling and everything i'm, I'm sorry like the games make me emotional <laughs> <laughs> no and then it's early too i know we always yeah. i feel like i'd always wake up with one nostril uh <laughs> clogged or the other nostril go to sleep with yeah. one clogged and then wake up with the other one uh clogged and then this the different one open yeah. um no uh let's see oh so i wanted to ask you about uh souls games because i don't think i've ever played a souls game uh well come uh, over to the dark side <laughs> <laughs> Because I know that very first game that kind of inspired everything was it Demon Souls. So uh, they, yeah, that was the Souls game before Dark Souls entirely. And that was a PlayStation exclusive, correct? That was on the PS3, I believe. I didn't play the original; I played the remake. So, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I remember um, never having. Well, I had a PlayStation Three for a little while, and I was more of an Xbox person. Uh, once okay. gears of once gears of war came out like uh i was all xbox i loved gears of war <laughs> I, I yeah that. it was great i i sucked at halo but gears of war was just so much fun uh but as far as like demon souls i know it was particularly just for the ps3 i think the only yeah. game i played for the ps3 was heavy rain and i loved it oh yeah that was supposed to be a good game <laughs> yeah no it was great i loved it it's one of those games you can only play once, though, because once you know the ending, it's like, eh. Like, oh. you know, you because you play as, like, every character. So once you know every viewpoint, okay, never mind. Like, it's like a movie. You've already seen it, you know? Yeah, I've never uh, played the game before, so. Oh, man. You're in for a treat if you... I, I hope... And I saw that uh, someone... You had commented about spoilers, too. Uh, someone was spoiling a Spider-Man for you. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It was it was not fun. That was the first time, and someone said, "I don't think I've ever heard you curse before." And it's like I try not to. I really <laughs> try not to. But there are some really dumb people out there who like to just spoil things for everyone. And it's so funny too because it's like as a journalist, I try to like keep everything as like heavy blinders as possible before the release but i have to be on social media for marketing reasons and to promote and do all this kind of stuff for my content of course so i'm going to be bound to see something 
And then when I do see something, I'm like, I'm kicking myself because I didn't catch it before. You know? <laughs> well, no, it's it's baloney too, because uh they're the ones like directly commenting on your stuff about it. Yeah. And this is a it was it was Spider-Man, right? Like I yeah, know Spider-Man too. You, yeah, and it's like, dude, the game I get it, like games break uh release dates and all that, mm-hmm. but it trips me out how the day the game comes out, you, you can the or the minute <laughs> or, or yeah. something, you, you go to YouTube and it's like full gameplay <laughs> video and it's like 18 hours or 20 hours. I'm like, what the heck? Like People it just came dedicated. Out. <laughs> yeah, how'd, how'd you just beat the whole thing? You know, it just came out like two hours ago at midnight. I think when it comes to that, it's either they got the game early or they have a release copy that they could like replay and all that kind of stuff. But it's one of those interesting things of where if you go and you actually actively see the kinds of people who are spoiling it for others, no profile picture, no banner, no nothing, (laughs) literally just a faceless creature on the internet going around (laughs) trolling everybody being an NPC. It's just like, I know that when I close my computer, they disappear. But in the moment when I'm seeing them, it's frustrating. <laughs> no, no, I completely get it. I know. Um, and I remember this happened years ago. Like, I think my first taste of like your frustration of what you're feeling. I think I felt with The Walking Dead when that was like oh, at its height. You know, it, it was it was at its height and it would come out, you know, back in our day, TV shows came out. Well, week to week to week, if we yes. were lucky, yeah. and not just uh, all thrown out at once. So well, yeah, that was actually the same thing that happened with me with the Last of Us too. Someone came into my stream right before release and spoiled the ending for me. Oh my god, these people. and they spoiled that one part where Joel is, mm, and I'm not gonna say it because just in case people haven't played it. Yeah, and yeah. I'm thinking to myself. I'm not getting the game for a little bit because at the time I didn't even have a PS4 yet. I start like I started my entire Sony journey with a PS4, primarily <laughs> for Bloodborne, might I add, because <laughs> I saw one of my friends streaming Bloodborne. I thought this game looks really beautiful. It's very Lovecraftian, looks awesome, and I saw the boss Orphan of Cause, and that was my entire reasoning for getting the game. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> the whole system mover right there just that uh no i've been there with yeah. especially like i said gears of war like it made me uh i think before gears of war i would just play you know gamecube at home whatever and then that's when uh online play i, I well i didn't really play the original xbox i wasn't really into it and then once i saw gears of war how beautiful it looked even those you look back at it now and it was just real dark and stuff, but it's still beautiful. <laughs> and, uh, that was my experience all... with the Gears of War as well, because I started with Ultimate Edition for Xbox One. And mm-hmm. it was so good. Like the way that yeah. the story was too. The the story, the music, and then uh the gameplay I love because like I said, the Halo was like the big thing on the Xbox One, Halo Two, and I was never good at it. I was I, I just could not get it. I sucked at it. That, I would say I hated it. I hate it. It's a bad game, but it's really because I just sucked at it. And uh, once you get to the whole Gears of War and the cover system and uh, more strategic, you had to communicate. Like You needed a headset back then, too. Now, right. 
Exactly. A, <laughs> people kind of take liberties now, but you had to communicate, and it was, I don't know, it was a whole different breed of like video game for me, oh, anyways, yeah. in particular. You know. Well, that's the way I felt with um, Resident Evil Four on the Wii. That was the first time I saw autosave, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is interesting. I, I didn't I didn't know this would be a thing." <laughs> that shows how old I am, by the way. Just putting that out. There. No, and I it's I it's can't so think of. Yeah, it's I'm so sorry. strange to me. No, you're good. And I, I saw that, and my dad was like, oh, it's it's saving on its own. This is going to be a new movement in video games. I'm like, there's no way that autosave will stick. Everyone will stick with manual save, and then save scrubbing became a thing. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can't think of when I first saw autosave, when I when I think about it. Like, that's crazy. You know, it, it's – to me, you're having – what I like to call like a milk and cookies moment. Like I remember showing, I remember showing my niece, she's there eating a cookie and drinking milk. And I'm like, no, nah, try dipping it in the, in the thing. And it like yeah. blew her mind, you know, like it's so weird uh, seeing a, like a two year old mind get blown by cookies and milk when you don't yeah, know, like, like what? yeah, you're like, what? I never would have thought of this. Holy, holy moly. You know, uh, neurons and pathways just opened up. Yeah. It's just, like the un- the big bang just in the head, you know? Exactly. <laughs> and I-, I know you've been playing uh, Spider-Man, uh, or you just started playing it? I played the first one about, I would say, a month, month and a half ago. I still have to uh, start Miles Morales, but Spider-Man 2 comes to my doorstep today, and it's going to be very hard to have to finish my other reviews while that's waiting for me. <laughs> <laughs> so. What do you what do you think of it? I mean, I hate that they're like spoiling it for you, but what do you think of like the video games? And it's, and it's been done forever where video games borrow from movies and movies borrow from video games, you know, like right. Spider-Man. Uh, I know I've been playing like I was watching The Walking Dead recently, like rewatching it and then playing the Telltale series. If you remember. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. 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 I, I didn't appreciate him until now when I watched The Walking Dead. Like, what do you think about uh, that? Like, I mean, we've always had games based off of um, movies or TV shows. But what do you think of, like, Spider-Man like that, where it's like a triple-A title and uh, it's just so good. It's almost, like, on par with a movie. Like, what do you think of... Uh, yeah, I, I think it's... it's it better than the movie almost like i don't typically like superhero games at all like marvel that was eh, like it, it really didn't uh you know make it for me because for me I, I love marvel and i love you know i love dc as well but marvel i feel like has a little more i don't know the characters i feel like are a little more relatable to a degree oh definitely yeah so i mean like yeah. with batman yeah he's human but it's just like okay you know that's there's, there's different different elements that are relatable um, mm-hmm. But when it comes to Spider-Man, that is in and of itself one of the best movie to game translations I've ever seen. Because when you look at it objectively, you see the story, the characters and everything in the same light as the comic books and the movies that was done with Tobey Maguire. Because the first one that I saw was with Tobey Maguire back in 2002. So, I mean, that's oh, yeah. that's They're what made great. me fall in love with Spider-Man as a whole. And it's it, I said it before in my review, it's my favorite Superman. Or my favorite Superman. My favorite superhero. <laughs> <laughs> favorite Superman. No, yeah. Th- those movies. And that was back when, like you say, the Tobey Maguire ones. Mm-hmm. 
when superhero movies weren't really like a thing like now they're oh. a diamond they're a diamond dozen and they did have superhero movies here and there you know uh or comic book movies like mm-hmm. dick tracy whatever but i don't know they just he did it right the sam raimi with toby mcguire and all that especially part two is not only like a good superhero movie but a good just movie I, it is yeah I, I love part two i can watch that one and like just cry Especially the thing with his character was that Tobey Maguire gave his character enough maturity, but also made him still, like, innocent in a way for a teenager, the way a teenager is supposed to act and behave. I feel like a lot of movies now try to make their teenagers more adult than they're supposed to. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the reason why a lot of superhero movies don't sell, because they're underperforming for the age that they're really supposed to be what they were in the comic books, all of that. The one superhero movie, I know people are going to come for me for this, but it did it correctly, even though it's a terrible movie, is Mobius. That did really? an amazing job at actually performing where the character's age was and how the flow of the comic book was. Even though there's not much of the comic book there, it's still a good, for me personally, it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. It's a good way that they balanced everything out. And plus Jared Leto, the way that he acted in that movie, it was silly. It was so over the top, but it was so well done for what the character was being asked for. <laughs> I never saw it. I, I just, uh, you know, once right you start seeing all the memes and stuff like that, you're like. It's morbid time. <laughs> yeah, I was like, maybe I can skip this one, you know. Uh, but. Yeah. Uh, I would say, though, is like Batman and Spider-Man, I do like comparing them because, um, well, one, there's like a, a shit ton of or a heck ton of movies, whatever you want to say, yeah. uh, of, yeah. of each of them. But also um, they have such a great like rogues gallery, like the bad guys, you know, they're, they, they're just Joker as good as the, the hero. Best, <laughs> like, full stop. Joker is the best. I feel like the way that they, they when they came up with the, the killing joke back in the 80s, that was by far one of the best comic books because it actually it was the closest we got to an origin story for the Joker. And then they mm-hmm. played off that for the movie, The Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. And I thought that was absolutely incredibly well done. Yeah, it and it was strange to see, you know, the way those are now, uh, like the Joker where it, it doesn't even have the main hero in it you know there's like a there's a tease of it perhaps you know like when we did see him as a kid bruce wayne but they're literally making these origin stories about uh villains without the hero and it just goes to show you sometimes the villain is is what makes the hero the hero you know like the joker you know yeah i remember that i don't i don't know if it was in the killing joke or not but there was one uh, no, I think it was in the cartoon actually where the Joker was upset that Batman died. There was I distinctly remember that episode. He's like, "What am I going to do without Batman?" He's like, "The you know the breads and my butter, you know the milk yeah. my chocolate, you know like." And he was going through all these different things, and he's like, "He's what makes me me." So without good, evil can't survive. And it was that mm-hmm. weird dichotomy that you're seeing. So I think that's. I mean, I could talk about that stuff for hours. Oh no, it's 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 wonderful like the whole idea and i like how they uh what's not represented but how he just openly says it you know it, it's true like like well if i don't exist what's the reason you exist and vice versa you know exactly. yeah no but it's i don't know I, I batman's great too of course he's 
not as relatable as Spider-Man, but he's almost relatable. <laughs> I, I can't relate to a multi-billion dollar guy. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> no I, it's, it, it's as relatable to a billionaire that I could, you know, I, I don't yeah. think I would uh, spend my money fighting crime and doing all that. You know, I'd probably just stay home. Um, during the pandemic it would probably be such an easy ride for that guy he was just like yeah i'm the batman i'm gonna stay at home right now (laughs) just uh watch you know all the streaming services that we have available and uh whatever and any tv show watch the office over and over again for him price hike who is that (laughs) like (laughs) you don't know her (laughs) he's like just pay the bill i don't care (coughs) just make sure it gets paid Exactly. (laughs) Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. I know you're, uh, like, you're, you're, you're thing, uh, you're a gaming journalist, so I, I know you have a, kind of a better way of putting words to critiques and stuff like that that uh i i a normal person wouldn't as far as uh, me i would just say oh you know it's it's good i liked it whatever um if you weren't like i know you, you kind of got your channel up and going for uh reviewing games talking about them anything else like that uh what, what I, I saw you had a music channel too what else would you be doing if you didn't have like games uh Probably be in the music industry. Honestly. Really, like yeah. making music or like any other uh, avenue no, in the industry. Singing that was oh, primarily singing. what I did before I got into gaming journalism and video editing. Because right, uh, it, kind of a long story, but when I was in college, I did gigs for you know with or without a band, or would you be just acoustic for me singing every weekend. From the time I was 17 until I was, I think it was 22 when oh, I geez. when I graduated, yeah. And uh, at the time when I was a senior in college, I worked at a bar, and they would also pay me to sing there as well. Um, and I got approached by a record company, and I almost got signed, almost. And when I saw kind of the contract and I saw everything that was being laid out in front of me, I was like, "This is a scam." I had my parents look over it; they were like, "This is a scam." So it kind of like bruised my ego a little bit. As a 22 year old, you're like excited and you're hyped for all that kind of stuff, but then eventually, um, you know, I just focused on what I wanted to do with gaming because I saw that starting to take off a little bit, and I was really excited and really looking forward to seeing what I could do because. I always loved gaming. So music and gaming for me were very synonymous with one another. They were just always my two main passions. And then I just was like, okay, let me leave 
music is more of a hobby that I can enjoy because if I tried to make it a job, I would, I don't, I don't know. I probably would not like doing it. Enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like, I feel like if I were to go back to music now, it would be with either singing or it would be for doing music tracks for games because mm-hmm. I love doing uh, production work and everything like that for you know my own stuff. So um, but yeah, that's basically what I would do with that or continue my psych degree and get a master's. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. No, I in in as far as uh, music train or did you have any music training in school or college, or you just kind of like uh, grew up singing? I, I had classical training from the time I was seven years old up until I was twenty two when I graduated from college, and it was on and off. It was this thing where like I had opera training um, from seven to thirteen, and then I would also do classical piano from seven to thirteen as well because you know I was luckily enough to I got put into all of those different things and we did Broadway stuff uh for practice material and everything. So up until I was 22, I was doing choir. I was doing all of that. And you know, when I was 22, I just, you know, after I graduated college, I wanted to try some new things. And it just music always stuck with me, but gaming was the true thing that literally hit everything off. <laughs> and I was about to say, where'd you find time to play games? Shoot, if you were uh <laughs> busy uh practicing all that that takes a lot right it, has, it was more or less for fun than it was for a potential job because I, I didn't know at the time when i was that young that you could make a living in the music industry i thought that was left to like right carrie and all these big artists and you didn't know how they got there they were just always there so mm-hmm. i always thought that oh you know i won't be able to make a living at this so i'll just you know keep it as a hobby well no that that's I mean, and it does sound, uh, what's the word, nice of them to offer you a contract, you know, but yeah, I had imagined they tried to uh, steal your souls, you know, steal your soul from that that contract. Uh, I don't know. It it was really difficult, too, because it's like you're staring at your dream right in front of you and then it's just like, well, I morally don't feel like I even should do this because it's such a bad contract. (laughs) There were so many artists that get stuck in terrible contracts, like a 360 deal, where the uh, the music industry or the music um, company that is licensing, licensing, what's the right word, is who's giving you that contract is saying, mm-hmm. well, we own everything. And there are certain contracts where if you post your baby's photos, they own that too. So it's really a no-win situation. Literally, the artist is always the one being screwed over in the industry nine times out of ten, and I didn't want to do that. No, and it's smart of you to uh, not accept it, even though it was like a, you know, a dangling carrot right there in yeah. front of you. Uh, it's that sounds like a like a wrestling contract to me, almost. You know, where uh, I don't I don't know if you're familiar with wrestling, but like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you, the wrestlers will go into the the WWE or something. And the WWE owns like their likeness, their name. Yes. And that way, whenever like they leave, they don't have anything to that. Like they got to rebuild it, but the WWE can still make the toys of them, still, you know, show all the old matches or even use that same person they are and just give the name to someone else it's crazy it's wild honestly and it's so disheartening because it's like that person is still a person and they're not just you know a copyright or you know something to be sold it's that's you know another reason why i was just like the music industry is not something 
for me, unless it's in the gaming industry where I can do music, that because I trust the gaming industry more than I trust the music industry. <laughs> and then it's even I know nowadays the gaming industry is getting real uh cutthroat too. Like yes. uh yeah, all these especially like those acquisitions where everyone's buying up everyone else. I, I only know like the surface part of it. I'm sure you could uh, you know, whiteboard, explain it, you know, behind you, all the intricacies. Go full on Jacksepticeye, zoom into the camera, <laughs> memes! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like tell me why, no, this isn't good, or no, this isn't right, but uh, no, it's it, it's crazy. I look at, like, Britney Spears, too, like, uh, what she's going yeah. through now, and she was essentially a product of the music industry, where... Yeah. They just created her <laughs> almost like in a lab so and stuff. Yeah, very so sad. But great music that came out of that. I, I hate to say that. It's the same with Yeah, Christian it too. was it was part of a generation that really made the entire, you know, teeny bopper movement, but it was something that was more great than that because it, it it's in the history books even now. Like that's the thing. Like when you look at music history, you can't help but to look at Mariah Carey, Britney Spears. Josie and the Pussycats even like there's so many different artists that are now are in the pop range that were so influential like even if you look at rock music like Led Zeppelin, ECDC, Motorhead you have all these different artists that were so influential for their time but they still had terrible contracts (laughs) (laughs) terrible and, and you know they just wanted to make music they just wanted to play you know or even Britney just I don't know, probably wanted to do it for her dad or her mom or something like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a lot of, uh, issues that come with that, (laughs) but that's, that's literally like the, what, how Hollywood, they say it is, it'll eat you up or whatever, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's, it's frustrating. Um, and then the Souls games, I, I wanted to ask you, like, I've never, I've le- legit never played a Souls game. What do you think would be the first, or the, I'll say the first, the best one to, like, dip my toes in? I know I've been seeing you play uh, Liza P. Yeah, that's a great game. Yeah. It's really fun. Um, <laughs> I would highly recommend, if you're going straight into, like, from software Souls games, highly recommend playing Demon Souls, the remake first. It's the easiest mm-hmm. Souls game out of everything i've ever played um the other one i would recommend if you're going for a souls like is lies of p it's literally training wheels for souls like it's it's so incredible but they literally have a section in the game of where when you go to get a visceral it shows you where you need to stand in order to get the visceral heads why i say training wheels for souls (laughs) so it's it's really amazing the way that demon souls was remastered and i feel like they made the ease of playability and accessibility a lot better for that from what software uh from software standards is and lies of p or thymesia like those two kind of go hand in hand with being souls like that are incredibly beginner friendly yeah because i know that's all i remember seeing whenever i would hear about a souls like game is that oh they're hard you know <laughs> like that's that's the yeah, whole gimmick of more them. to them than difficulty level <laughs> yeah yeah that, that that's all from <laughs> from me though like hearing about it oh it's a souls like game and it, you hear that and you're like oh that means it's uh, unforgiving you know like that that's just what it's meant to be you you got to learn yeah. the patterns and you got to uh, learn the fight but 
a lot of patience. Yeah, yeah that, that's what I was concerned about because maybe in my younger days I wanted a challenge, but uh, now in my older days I want more of a, you know, like I'm playing the Telltale Walking Dead series where I could just kind of lay back and uh, watch a good story fold out, maybe yeah. do some quick time events here and there, and that's it. Understand that. And it, by no means is anyone like I, I know there's just such a pressure in even just the consumer area of the gaming industry for people to be so on top of their game and know all everything about different games. No, like unless you're a content creator, unless you're working in the industry, you don't need to know a lot about the games. Just play what you're comfortable with, basically. And for me, that's always something that I will say until my throat hurts. Of where play what you're comfortable, play what you want to play, and understand that everyone has like their limits of what they want to play. Like, there's someone who has been a part, like a subscriber for me for years, and they can't play Souls games. Like they've tried, and it just doesn't work for them. And I completely respect that. They gave it a shot, and it just didn't work for them. It wasn't, you know, their cup of tea. Whereas me, on the other hand, I'm, you know, I joke around with this a lot, but I'm a freaking masochist when it comes to these games. <laughs> like, it is I think you have to be with for those particular a games. A little bit, because when you're seeing like lost after lost after lost, but you see the improvement of your skill getting better. It's such a motivator to keep going and keep understanding and backtracking. Like with Lies of P, I've done most of the side quests now. Like it's just so incredible. I don't don't normally like doing side quests in video games. Mm-hmm. So no, I I know that feeling when uh, a game. I don't know. It's weird. Like I wouldn't say I, I like particular uh, genres. There'll be where a game just completely envelops me where i want to do everything in the game uh for for instance like uh mass effect uh such a great game i love huh yeah no i never played mass effect that's why oh, i'm like you've oh never? interesting you've yeah never i have played? the collection oh my god oh my god dude you're <laughs> that yeah. game changed cha- i feel like it changed my life it's just such a good story such a good game and i was never really into uh it, it's more rpg like than shooter i feel because you can kind of hold the trigger or the bumper kind of freeze the game and kind of tell your characters what to do you know oh do this do that but then it's still a shooter the over the over the shoulder shooter uh but i love that game i've done i've beaten it so many times uh done everything yeah it's just one of those games that like like oh i'm not even into sci-fi games really but it's just such a good story such a good game i was gonna ask you like and i'm sure as a gaming journalist you've beaten a lot of games that maybe you didn't want to or didn't care (laughs) to uh what are some games that like you've beaten over and over again that are like man i i love this game like it's every time you beat it it's just the same experience over and over again i say <clears throat> the first one <coughs> excuse me no <coughs> sorry about that no um no. i would have to say the one that comes to mind primarily is bloodborne i have almost 400 hours in that game <laughs> so, uh yeah I, i've beaten that several times and that's one <clears throat> that i'm going towards platinum for so that would be my i i don't get platinum in a lot of games like i'm a, I'm, I'm an achievement hunter but it only goes so far when it comes mm-hmm. to Bloodborne, 
I try to do everything I can in that game because it's just for me it's so incredibly well done. Um, and I still I think I have like five more trophies left until platinum. <laughs> <laughs> would you uh if you platinumed it like completely, like hundred percented the trophies, would you still play it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Hands down. Yeah, there's so many different builds you can do. There's so many. There's, as said in Step Brothers, there's so much more room for activities. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a that's a good game when you can like get every achievement, hundred percent it, and still like want to pl- replay it over again. That's a part of my soul will die though when I hundred percent it because then I've been able to do everything and now there's no excuse for from software not to make a second one. <laughs> <laughs> They're just, I don't know, these games need to get on, or these companies need to get on things, you know, listen to their fans. Um, is there a game you, like, love, but everyone kind of critically hated or just didn't like? Or, or you read about it and it's always, like, negative, <clears throat> but you, you loved it. Like, you were like, what? This game's absolutely great. I think... The first game that comes to mind with that, it's not so much true now as it was when it first released, but it was Death Stranding. Death Stranding Mm. and Bloodborne go very much hand in hand for me as two of my favorite games of all time. You know, I wish I... Well, I I, kind of don't have an excuse now because they have it on, I think, the Xbox 360... I mean, I'm sorry, the Xbox PC game Yeah, they have it. Yeah. I would highly recommend it. The thing is, is that... I tell this with everyone who wants to play Death Stranding, make it through chapter three and the story picks up tremendously. They give you kind of a slow burn when you're first going into the game. And it's a long game. Like it took me almost a month to complete because I wanted to be able to see all the different facets of the story. And when you go into this game, you are so heavily immersed in its world that you're just, you forget about everything else. You're just like, what did I just go into? You know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no it's it looks like a wonderful game and i i just kept seeing how de- divided people were they were like oh it's a walking simulator blah, blah, blah. Oh, and, and to me i'm like what's wrong with that <laughs> it's not even that like people are using the word wrong it's not even a walking simulator because in a walking simulator you're literally just walking with this you're climbing you're hiking you're running there's uh uneasy terrain there's monsters that you have to battle and do different things with so yeah a lot more of it than that i know um i don't know if you've ever heard of the game but when the xbox 360 you know was king years ago they had a game called shadow run uh i don't know if yeah into i remember like my brother and i playing it like for hours or you know all the time right it was it was a what was it like a shooter rpg uh akin to like bioshock but it oh, was okay. but it was multiplayer only uh so and then it was the very one of the very first games if you look it up where um you could cross platform between windows and xbox 360 players wow okay. and I, I remember people were like you know uh dunking on it because they're hating on it because it was 60 bucks you only got like five or six maps and it was multiplayer only and that's it, you know. So, but now that's like wow. the norm. The, yeah, the norm I was about now. To say. <laughs> I was like, they were way ahead of their times because the norm now is a sixty dollar only multiplayer game. Yeah. That you know, but it's all my micro transaction back then. 
they gave you like you know five or six maps and that was it you know it was i don't know that game was fun i always talk about it because no one really knows about it but it was like a big part of uh me and my brother playing multiplayer but i thought oh, it was ahead special. of its time yeah yeah i thought it was ahead of its time um i know i was gonna ask you this because i know you were saying about fallout 4 how you tried starting it but it was it, it's just a huge game to start uh it's... are there yeah. It was sad. It was sad because I really wanted to to like it and get invested into it. And then as soon as it got to a certain point, I was like, I remember why I stopped this game. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's huge. Like there's really you gotta invest a lot of time into a game like that. Are there uh, any other games like I don't know if you regret not being that one, but are there any games where they kind of haunt you where you're like, Man, I, I wish I had beaten that or I need to get back onto that one, but it's like uh Probably the game that Bennett Foddy came out with, the uh, getting over it with Bennett Foddy. Oh, that. I didn't beat that game, and it got me so frustrated, and I'm thinking to myself now, as a Souls player, ooh, I should try that again. I was probably <laughs> either either that one or, um, oh, what's it called? I think there was one game that it's something I regret not going back to it but i need to go back to it is hollow knight hollow knight looks absolutely fantastic mm, yeah it does look nice it does look really nice it's really pretty uh, and just the characters look so adorable yeah and then it looks like a good game i uh i, I know i've read uh good reviews on that like nines eights nines tens yeah. uh but yeah it does look beautiful uh i i know mine is uh paper mario in the thousand year door for the game nice. i i I swear, and I tried re replaying it recently because I bought it, and that that game was like seventy, eighty bucks to buy. I bought it like legit, you know, it, with the the box and everything, <laughs> the disc, you know, to play on my Wii. And it's just, uh, I don't know, I can't get it done. I need to like replay it. I, I get stuck at a certain point where I'm like, oh, this is too much. This is a long game. Yeah, that's that's the way it was for me with Fallout 4. It wasn't so much of like the, the length of the game that bothered me. It was the fact that every time you tried to go two steps forward, it pushes you in mechanics two steps back. <laughs> so when you know when I experienced Fallout 3, Fallout 3, aesthetically and music-wise, I can respect, but otherwise, my least favorite game of all time. Uh, <laughs> New Vegas probably is the best Fallout game I have ever played. And I played one and two as well. Oh, so, yeah, I play parts of one and two. So one and two, like when I go into a review, I try to get footage from different pieces of game to reference in one review. So I played a little bit of Fallout 1 and 2 to get footage. And the cutscenes were so good. Like for its time, the cutscenes were really well done and really well performed. Mm -hmm. And the way that it's the kind of this top down point click style game, I really vibed with and I really enjoyed Again, bugs. They were really bad, <laughs> but the graphics <laughs> and the way it performed was so good, the way the cutscenes were. Um, but yeah, when it got to Fallout 3, I think they really nailed down what their style is, and that's why we have that same style going across up until like you know, Fallout 76, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, no, I I I know Fallout 3 is it's in one of those games. I don't know if you've ever uh well now it's it's different with Twitch, but I watched my friend play Fallout 3 throughout the whole entirety and beat it. 
Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it it was one of those games like I didn't like playing, but I really liked other watching someone else play. And I know it's different with Twitch now where that's like easy to do, you know, where you could just watch someone else play a game. I don't know if there's uh, any game out there you might have like, oh, I I couldn't have played that, but I liked watching someone else play it. Minecraft. Can't stand the game, but I love watching (laughs) people play it. It's so, so relaxing. But for me, it's like I tried playing it one time. The video is not privated on my channel because it's a nightmare. Um, but I tried playing it. I died by falling in water and trying to chop a tree, dude. Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> like, what? I thought this game was supposed to be relaxing. Like, give me anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd probably be the same way, too, if my niece didn't push me to, like, no, no. Here's how you do this. Here's how you do that. And I'm like, uh, okay, I'll give this a shot. You know, it's better than Roblox. I'll say oh, that. My it, God, yeah. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> also, I'd rather be playing this than Roblox. Roblox, no. We're Let's not going to. It's perspective. I would rather play Fortnite than play Minecraft. <laughs> oh, geez. It's no I... diss to Minecraft. That's the thing. Like, the people who can create these magnificent structures and everything, give them the Nobel Prize. It's incredible. But for me, it's just like if I try to like take one block, something falls. And I'm like, oh, crap. It's Breath of the Wild all over again. <laughs> i was gonna say with with fortnite that you're saying about minecraft where i tried one game and i'm like how do people like this nope i don't this is not for me you know like yeah so i completely get that for you uh or get it i vibe with it uh it just last last thing i wanted to ask uh were any games that like made you ball like cry because i know like life is strange did you ever play life is strange i did i played the first episode and that was pretty intense life is strange is a really good game no it's great i've played all of the like well not part two but i played the first one and then the before the storm which is the prequel of the first one and dude like i cried my eyes out so so bad (laughs) like bioshock i know i i cried real bad at the end if you get the good ending uh, I never played it before, so we ever played Bioshock. No, I have it on on physical copy, but I I'm gonna be reviewing it at some point. Oh man, you, you're in for a treat with especially part two, uh, the DLC that that's oh. a good story too. In uh, part two is like the more polished game, but there's like a DLC called Minerva's Den, and that story is like it's it's great, it's beautiful. It's just the DLC. Uh, but yeah, was there any games that like made you so emotional like that at the end of like beating it? Where do I start? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's see. The first one that made me really emotional was Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Mm. That was one that got my emotions. The other one was Death Stranding. At the end of the game, for people who are watching, if you know, you know. I'm not going to spoil it. Um, the other one that really made me pull like a baby was, um, oh gosh, not blanking on the title. That's very professional of me, game journalist. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, uh, I know. I, uh, I was telling you about Omori. Uh, yes, dude that that game. I, it. I don't know. I'm. I'm still like shook from it. It's such a. It was a fun game, but the ending is like, wow. This is. Yeah. I don't know. This is. I don't want to spoil it, but it's. It's. I I remembered Final Fantasy Crisis Core and Final Fantasy 16. Crisis Core, I was done. 
Emotionally, I'm just done. <laughs> no. I've never played any Final Fantasy game. I've never played any of if those. If you want your emotions to be scarred for the rest of your life, play at your own pace. I would recommend. They're incredible games. Absolutely. Uh-huh. I started with Final Fantasy 15. Again, bald like a baby. But it was incredibly worth it. <laughs> like when I got 16 cents to me by Square Enix, it was probably the height of my career. And I know it's only going to keep going up. But when I got that sent to me, I was like, I am in a whirlwind of pain for all these different emotions. And people saw me cry on camera. That's the thing. <laughs> like I was filming the, um, the not the walkthrough, the playthrough of the entirety of Final Fantasy 16. When I tell you that game has so many emotional up and downs, the way that they did it is phenomenal. Same with Crisis Core. You know, rest in peace, Zach. <laughs> oh, man. I, I need it. I, it. To me, that reminds me of like a TV show that it's like, I, I want to start it, but it's just too much. Like, it's too many seasons. It's too many games, you know? Yeah. And the thing is, is that Crisis Core came out in 2011 for the PSP, I believe. It was for the portable version so when it gets translated over to ps5 it's very interesting the way that the controls were moved over but when you look at all of the um what is it all of the cinematics and everything they still have this weird kind of vibe of where he's just like very stiff and very emotionless and he does this thing and i'm like zach what are you doing buddy (laughs) (laughs) oh but that's the charm of it those older games you know it's it really is yeah yeah, I know the same with are... tar- the same with Fallout. The bugs are what make it charming. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly. Like we're if they were gone, I don't know. Like nothing's perfect, but that's like you said, it's what makes it uh, unique and charming. The same with um, <clears throat> excuse me, the same with uh, Dark Souls. It, it wouldn't be Dark Souls without falling constantly everywhere. <laughs> if I'm not falling in a Dark Souls game, it's not Dark Souls. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll have to uh, for sure try out Lies of P. Uh, that'll probably be my first one because it's just right there on Game Pass. Uh, easy for me. Uh, yeah, no, I, I appreciate your time today. It was real fun. Yeah, it was real fun talking to you, real uh, chill and uh, just able to have a conversation. No, it's great. You know, you're oh, real great. You. Yeah, and uh, I have some links there on the bottom. I know I have like your YouTube, your Twitter, your Linktree, I know if there were any other things you'd like to uh, mention. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I have ongoing projects that I'm working with. I'm a freelance video editor at Game Informer. So, uh, yeah, for anybody who likes Game Informer and likes their stuff, be sure to subscribe to them as well as my channel on YouTube. So, Heck yeah. And is that the one that uh, you get at GameStop, the Game Informer? Uh, game, gosh, because game, there's GameStop and there's Game GameSpot. Oh, yeah. Jeez. I always get the two <laughs> confused. <laughs> well, yeah, they can find you at YouTube uh, at Huggable Hipster, Twitter.com slash Huggable Hipster, uh, at Huggable Hipster, and Linktree uh, slash Huggable Hipster for your uh, links. But no, I want to thank you again for your time. Uh, Ariel was really uh, great just talking games with you and stuff like that. And oh, yeah, I'll, yeah, hope to talk to you again soon. That was great. Sounds good. Have a good day, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Take care, everyone. Bye.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.